Hello and welcome to the Punt the QB podcast. I am Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB. Ah, there it is. <laughs> I'm Tim, Punt QBFF. What's up, everybody? Happy you know, Super Week. Yeah, you know what, Tim? This is like, it's bittersweet. It's like happy yet sad. It's like the, uh, it's, it's the great event that is the Super Bowl. And I have, you know, my big, huge Super Bowl party, and I'm uh, excited to get as many people here as possible. We have a card game in the afternoon, and then everyone hangs out, roll, throws and dice squares and, and squares, and, and, and all kinds of gambling. CLR. Yes, all <laughs> kinds of degenerate gambling stuff. Yes, left, right, center at halftime. You know, like, we just do it all, and we go all day long from noon all the way until the end of the Super Bowl, in which then at that point I tell everybody to get the hell out. <laughs> like, but I mean, like, how... Very politely. Yes, but how, like, bittersweet is it at the same exact time to realize that, like, once this is over, it's like, you know, pack up the big Dr. Seuss truck and put everything back in its spot, space and put it back in the corner and... Obviously, we're going to talk about football, and we're going to do some more podcasts as we go along. I mean, I know I want to do the uh, the March Madness, and we talked about doing some other things with with uh, the Punt QB podcast. But I mean, it's just football's over after that. It's always bittersweet. You know how much I love Super Bowl, pretty much as much as you do. It's it's an event, but it's also the culmination. And that's it. Afterwards, you're like, well, now what? <laughs> you know, which is, you know, obviously spring training is going to start for baseball. And you're like, eh, that's nice. March Madness is always awesome, you know. Um, but let's get right into it. The Super Bowl episode is important. But I tell you what, since our last episode, the sports world has been madness, my friend. We had championship weekend, which at least one of the games was a complete letdown. We had the GOAT retire. This time he says for good. We'll see. I mean, LeBron passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to be the NBA NBA all-time leading scorer. Speaking of the NBA, the trade deadline was madness. Coaches were hired. There was a Pro Bowl, not that anybody cared. And of course, we have to break down the Super Bowl. What do you want to? Where do you want to start, buddy? Where do I want to start? I want to start with Kobe, uh, LeBron breaking the record, breaking Kareem's record. Uh, great accomplishment. Eighteen seasons. I mean, there's a lot going on with that. Um, obviously, the debate will rage on for uh, the, till the end of time about who is the greatest of it, all time. It's not a debate. It's, it, it, it's not even debatable. It's it's just something that's not even debatable. You're talking about you can't talk about the greatest pl- baseball player of all time because you're talking about over, a span of over a hundred years. You can't talk about the greatest football player over time because you're talking about a span of over a hundred years. You can't uh, well, talk about you, you can talk about the greatest football player of all time because we just watched him retire. Well. I'm, I'm just saying, as far yeah. as when you're talking about athleticism playing a football game, the argument of argue, arguably, yeah. there was a lot of it's subjective. It's a subjective that, exactly. argument. Yes. And when you're talking about basketball, it's 77 years of basketball, which times have changed. People are different. Rules are different. Everything has changed. Why are we having this conversation? You just, if you want to put them on your Mount Rushmore, put them on your Mount Rushmore. I don't know why we keep talking about this. You know, of all time. you know damn well why we have it. Because oh, yeah, there's because, because, 87 foot sports networks yeah. with 24 hour programming. They have a million talking head shows, and we all live in the minute of right now. And the craziest part about it is, is that. It's not like this is getting like it's not like we're getting monopolized by ESPN. Oh no 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 no! We've got like a Bet Sports Network now. We've got a DraftKings Sports Network now. We've got a, a FanDuel Sports Network. Yeah. We've got a Visa. We got yeah. We've got all kinds of stuff now all over the place because sports gambling is like taking over. But guess what? They're not talking about sports gambling seventy percent of the time. The other seventy percent of the time, they're talking about the same thing that Skip and Shannon and Stephen A. Smith are all talking about. It's just. But anyway, I'm getting on a tangent. 
congratulations to LeBron. That's, it's a great accomplishment. It's something that you didn't expect to happen. I mean, when you're talking about the most points ever scored in their career for basketball, you're talking about, like, the hits record by Pete Rose. That's never going to get broken. You know, when you're talking about some of these records, they're just never going to get broken. Yeah, there are certain records. Uh, DiMaggio's hit streak. Uh, Ripken's, you Ripken's know. Iron Man streak. Uh, I, I really believe if Ichiro played his entire career in MLB, he might have beaten Pete Rose's hit record. You know, uh, just because the way he pure, you know, just pure hits, you know, like infield hits alone and stuff like that. I digress. Uh, you can say two things can be true. You can say LeBron has had a great career, is top five, it's something that's been being played for 100 years, and factually speaking, he has the record for most points in the NBA. Now, he has five more seasons than Michael, but you cannot argue that when somebody says you're the best at something, you're the Michael Jordan of this or the Michael Jordan of that. It's just the only time it gets brought up is because we, the, these sports networks need to fill airtime. Mm-hmm. We don't. We all know who the GOAT is in basketball. We know who the GOAT is in football. We know who, who the GOAT is in hockey. Baseball is debatable because it's been going on for 150 years. But they, you know damn well why we're talking about it because they have to fill airtime. Yeah. But we know damn well, if the saying is the Michael Jordan of whatever, you know damn well who the GOAT is. Yeah. You know? And speaking of the NBA, we have to at least touch on it before we get into our favorite sport. The trade deadline did not disappoint. If anything was going to turn something, the Super Bowl, to page two of ESPN, it was the this NBA trade deadline. Holy cow, dude. Yeah, he got Kyrie asking for a trade, and that's going fine. Get yeah. out of here. Fine, go. Go. And... The the amount of picks and the amount of players that the Nets have gotten in a tr- in in two trades for Kyrie, and, or sorry, three trades, one three for trades. Kyrie and then one for Durant, and then they traded with Kyrie trade. They got they got Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, and then, then they, they traded to the, him uh, the for five second round draft <laughs> picks. It's you know what though I I you know what Kyrie, we can say that his time in in, in Brooklyn was tumultuous at best. That experiment did not work out. Once they traded him, you were blowing that thing up. You weren't going to turn around and try to get somebody to pair pair with KD. Once you trade Kyrie, that experiment's over, you blow it up and you start fresh. And they did. I mean, just... Kyrie got traded. KD, I woke up this morning to KD getting traded to the Suns. And not only did KD get traded to the Suns, but they didn't have to give up any of their core. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. They gave up some very good players to the Nets. Who, again, one of those players was Jay Crowder, who the Nets were able to flip. Four first-round draft picks. But they didn't have to break up their core. It literally is the reason why some of us get turned off by the NBA. Besides the fact that the players don't take it seriously. Nobody plays 82 games. There's the the rest night and all the other stuff. But half the league on opening day is already eliminated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like football where you can go worst to first. The NBA, it, it's literally, okay, there's six teams and everybody else is, is hoping to get a lottery pick. Yeah. The fact that KD went to the Suns, who were already one of the best teams in the West. Now, their record wasn't one of the best, but we can all agree they were one of the best teams in the West. Going into the season, they were one of the top teams. Exactly. And the fact that they didn't have to give up any of their court again is just madness. And, and then, like I said, like you see Cuban... Like, hey, I've got to, I've got to pair somebody with Luca. I'm going to go out and get Kyrie. I don't know that'll work, but it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. And then you see Westbrook traded to the Jazz and basically a, a, a dump. 
you know, they're like, hey, we'll take him, but you're giving me a pick to do it. Yeah, they had to give up a first-round pick. I was just going to say, and not only that, but the Lakers have traded so many draft picks, that pick they traded to the Jazz is for 2027. Well, the, what <laughs> the, the pick that uh, the Mavericks traded for Kyrie was a 2029 first-round draft pick. I mean, I think at some point... Somebody has to start saying, this is a little ridiculous. You shouldn't be trading draft picks for six years. Yeah, the NFL advance. restricts you can't go more than three years. The NBA is like, do it. Knock, <laughs> yeah, just knock yourself out. I mean, people are going to be like, a 2042 first-round draft pick. I mean, it's, it's crazy because our roots are in fantasy football. We love fantasy football. It's how you participate in your favorite sport if you're not six foot five and 230 pounds of muscle. That's what is going on in sports now. You get these uber billionaires that get rich doing something else. They buy a sports franchise as a toy, something to have fun with, and they're basically just playing fantasy with their teams. Yeah. It's so they're like, hey, hypothetically, what would happen if we traded for KD? KD. I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. And they did. I mean, it's just, it, it's which is sad, don't get me off, a whole different podcast could be spent on the city of Chicago that we live in, the third biggest market in this country, and yet they treat every franchise like they're the Royals or the A's. Yeah. I mean, especially the Reinsdorf franchise. They treat it as a business where the rest of these teams, the owner of the, of the Warriors, the the new owner of the Suns, it's monopoly money to them. Yep. They're, they're playing fantasy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean... Uh, I, I know it's not a, it, it, an NBA podcast, but you can't ignore what happened the last couple days. You know what you got to appreciate, though, at being a, a football fan that you see in the NBA that you don't see in the NFL that you probably need to see more of? When a player says they don't want to be there, the NBA like acquiesces to that. Yeah, and says, like, okay, Go. let's get you out of here. You don't want to be here. Here you got like Lamar Jackson, like, hey, can I get the new contract? And they're like, eh. <laughs> hey, can I get that new contract? Eh. It's like, all right, cool. Then let me get out of here. And they're like, franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, remember uh, we goes back you know to the regular scene. Brandon Cooks was like uh, to the Texans. They like, trade me. They're like, eh. Yeah, why don't you go sit home for sit at home for a week and see how you feel after that? He's like, I still want to be traded, I, or let me go, and they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing is, just like we talk trash about it. Like, if you were a player, the best sport to be in is the NBA. Yeah, nobody has more power than NBA players. The NFL is the polar opposite. They're like, yeah, we got fifty three, you guys, and if you're really good, franchise ten, yeah, yeah, exactly. which they didn't even get rid of in this new CBA. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because honestly. When you're talking about the CBA, the players' union is made up of hundreds and hundreds of guys. There's 10 to 15 that are superstar elite people who might be affected by the franchise tag. The rest of the guys were like, yeah, we'll give you that. We don't care. Just give us more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did. The salary cap is going up. But, yeah. Anyway, so transitioning to our favorite sport, I don't think you can talk about football without at least mentioning the GOAT. Now, one year ago, exactly on the same day, February 1st, when, when the GOAT retired, we did this already. We talked about all his accomplishments, the the, the 10 Super Bowls, the 7-3 record in the Super Bowl, 23 seasons, one losing record. Hone, he owns pretty much every record. Hell, did you see the story? There was a, a, a woman on eBay selling supposedly the, stand, the sand that Tom Brady was standing on in his video. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the world of social media is crazy, but yes, there's a woman who said she immediately went out to the spot that Tom Brady retired on in the sand in his video, put that in a mason jar, can take video and pictures to verify it is, and she's got it on eBay. How much is she asking? For so, this? Well, it started at like six hundred something dollars. It is now up to a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! Which is not even something you can verify. Yeah, I mean it's madness. But yeah, I, I only bring it up because this is only what happens when you're talking about the goat, Tom Brady. Number one, 
We've already talked about all his amazing accomplishments. He's the undisputed GOAT of the NFL. He retired. That's significant. Number two, do you believe it's for good? I do believe it's for good this time. I do. I, I think that this season, I mean, as you started watching towards the end of the season, I mean, I think you could even tell just in his uh, his mannerisms. You know what I mean? Halfway through the season, he was breaking tablets. He was throwing stuff around. He was getting mad. He was yelling at his offensive line. I feel like the last, like, four or five weeks, it was just kind of like, meh. Eh. <laughs> like, I feel like he was like, let me just get through this season. This is a bad idea. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is like, I... I his his personal life stuff bled into sports and it was talked about a lot and I think that wore on him as well and and at some point he's just like yeah enough is enough yeah. I, I I'm gonna be one of those two I know the guys that have the drive like him the, the Michael Jordan Kobe Bryant Tom Brady the guys that have that drive that they have to win when you have stuff like that those guys are so competitive and when they have idle time their thoughts go through their mind and that's when when they step back on the field the court whatever. However, I think this is different. I think he's emotionally spent. I think he's physically spent. We're talking about a guy who would have been 46 going into the next season. He already has a mega deal from Fox, says he's going to start with them in 2024. I believe him, too. I be- yeah, I mean, it, if you what you saw in the, the field was not the same Tom Brady. He wasn't getting the ball out as quick. He wasn't getting the ball out as deep. His arm strength wasn't there. There was a lot of things that were not the same. He just was not the same player. And, you know, father time catches up to everybody. And at 45 years old, hey... Hats off that he tried doing it for as long as he did. But once again, like when you're when you're one of those people that has that competitive drive, eventually that competitive drive wears out to, uh, what's the point of having this competitive drive? I physically cannot perform to the level that's going to make us win. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Tim, before we jump into the Super Bowl and all the talk about the Super Bowl, uh, some other headlines moved. Uh, coaches. Coaches are finding spots here and stuff like that. It wasn't the first move, but the biggest move is Sean Payton – Leaving the Saints, even though he's retired, getting a getting a deal with done getting with the traded Broncos, to getting the Broncos, traded, yeah. a coach getting traded to the Broncos, and Sean Payton takes over the Russell Wilson experiment. Yeah, chronologically, it wasn't the first step, but it was the biggest fish. the The Sean Payton domino was the biggest domino to fall. It was the biggest fish, and the Broncos' new owner went big game hunting. He traded for. To, uh, Sean Payton, and he gave up their first round pick. I put in parentheses because their first round pick, the Broncos' first round pick, already belongs to the Seahawks. Yeah. But they had a first round pick that was from Miami via San Francisco, so they traded that first round pick and a next year's second just to get a head coach. So they they have to truly believe. Listen, we're financially strapped. We're committed to Russ. We've got to do something, and they believe Sean Payton's the answer. But the the thing that I want to bring up is is when you're talking about a team a team that now has to go up against Andy Reid and a uh, a Chargers team with, with Justin Herbert that continually, you know... Uh, a lot of talent on yeah, that. Yeah, has a lot of talent on that team and stuff. Like, what what is the expectation here? Because you can't be thinking you're going to win a division. You can't just think, oh, now we're going to win a division in, you know, and, and jump over KC because KC is still doing it. They've been doing it forever. Yeah, I, I yeah, that's the thing is, is these guys are all competitive. Go, going into training camp, day one, they all believe they're going to win the Super Bowl. They all believe they're going to win. And, and even teams that are losing and stuff, you heard Lovey, when when Lovey Smith, the, the then head coach of the Texans, say that the owner basically told him to lose. He's like, we're not doing that. Every week, these guys believe they can win a game. So every season, these guys believe they can win their division and they can win the Super Bowl. Yes, realistically, to realists like us, getting past the Chiefs and the Chargers is going to be a daunting task. And not only that, but we'll see 
what happens with the Raiders, who still have talent. We'll see what their next step is with Der- uh, after they replace Derek Carr, who, by the way, at some point is going to get dropped before February 15th. But that is a, a tall task to ask of anybody, let alone Sean Payton. But the fact of the matter is, they cannot get out from under the contract they have with Russell Wilson. So at this point, they're good old pot committed. Do you think Sean Payton will be the Russell Wilson whisperer and get him back on the right track? No. Honestly, I, I'm not trying to... Sean Payton seems to be a successful guy. He's got a lot of records, whatever. Show me a guy he who has converted or made better not named Drew Brees. Well, he really only worked with Drew Brees. I mean, well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's not like he's some quarterback whisperer yeah. that everybody he touches... You know, I mean, Andy Reid turned Alex Smith into relevant. Uh, he Donovan McNabb. He, he he got the best out of Michael Kevin Vick. Cobb, Michael yeah, Vick. Yeah, exactly. I know what I'm saying. Like, Andy Reid can say that. Mike Tomlin can say he's had success with guys not named Ben Roethlisberger. You know what I'm saying? Sean Payton can't really say that. You know, I... Am I wrong? No, no, no. It's like one of those things where you, who do you give the credit to? It's like Brady and Belichick. And everyone's like, was it because of Brady or was it because of Belichick? Well, they're really, they're both. That's great. just talking. Yeah. That, that's more of the talking Really, they're both talking. great. But I mean, like, but when you're talking about, you know, like, who who was it? Yeah, the Breeze and the Sean Payton thing. Yeah, that definitely is interesting and where we go. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's cool that he right away said, listen, all those extra coaches, all those whatever that Russell Wilson had, you're not in the building. He, he laid down the law. He's like, no. This is my staff. This is my coaching staff. All your side stuff, no. You're either falling into line, you know. I mean, and it's... If Sean Payton, if if Denver does make the playoffs next year, doesn't Russell Wilson pretty much have to be comeback player of the year to do it? Absolutely. Which, we've already talked about how we hate that award. Yeah. You know, especially some of the guys that were nominated. Again, it's Geno Smith. But the guys that were nominated otherwise, you're like, they just stayed healthy. Yeah. That, that's exactly. it. Uh, yeah, no. That being said... Yes, if they go from four and thirteen to I'm sorry, five and twelve. My apologies, sorry, Denver. Um, to in the playoffs, then Sean Payton's coach of the year and Russell Wilson's comeback. Player. All right, so you know now let's let's move on. The Texans hired D'Amico Ryan's, which obviously he's the new. He's the hot new guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he was the, the Niners defensive coordinator. This is what we got to get. And and I think six-year deal, great move for the Texans. I really like D'Amico Ryan as a head coach. Yeah, he's very – you listen to every defensive player that has played for him in the Niners. He's very well-respected. He, he he gets a lot of credit for what he accomplished there. And he not only that, but he's a Houston Texans former player. He played for the Texans from 06 to 11, so he knows what the, the franchise is all about. He's familiar with Houston. And you hit on the biggest nail for him, for D'Amico's Ryans, for him to choose, and we talked about it when the, when the position opened, for him to choose Houston, you better damn well get that six-year deal. Yeah. Because the last two guys got one and done, you know. And D'Amico Ryans, if he was lead, you know, if he was choosing the Texans after being the hot candidate, you better damn well get that. Six well, there's year also year. a little a little home field advantage there because, like you said, he played he played for the Texans. Um, I I know that I've I've heard things where his wife has has plenty of family out there and stuff like that. It just seemed like a perfect fit for what they were for what he was looking for that big contract and and what I think he's going to be able to bring to this Texan to the to this Texans team. Let me talk to you about the, the the biggest thing to me. The biggest, what I think is, what are you doing? Is the Panthers hiring Frank Reich as their head coach? You, you don't approve. I don't. Okay. I don't. Let me say this. Okay, so what have we learned from this year's playoffs? I think I brought it up when the playoffs first started. Playoffs? The, the head coaches, 
the head coaches that made the playoffs were all either on their first team, you know, with a, you know, like a, you're, you're talking, not, not, not rookie coaches, but they're still coaching their first team, you know, like a, a, a John Harbaugh, you know, you got all these guys that, that are literally on the same team they started with their first coaching. The only coaches that were on their second team were Pete Carroll and Andy Reid. Okay, so and both of those guys have won Super Bowls. Now, I understand Pete Carroll was not good when he was coaching for the Jets way back when. Was it the Jets or the Patriots? It One was the Jets. Was so when he was coaching, I understand he wasn't good there, but then he had a championship seasons with USC, and then he went to Seattle and won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid was always good in Philadelphia, and then he, re- he, he, got, he left there, and then he went to KC, and he's still successful there. No coach in his second job... That has not made it to a Super Bowl. That's why I understand the Sean Payton hire. And so I don't understand the Frank Reich hire. He got fired, what, eight weeks ago? And you're going to go ahead and now bring this guy into a team that has less talent than Indianapolis does? I mean, Jonathan Taylor, you're talking about DJ Moore. You're talking about a plethora of quarterbacks over there. With uh, I understand that it didn't work out, but Sam Darnold was you know, formidable as, as a quarterback towards the end of the season. Now you're going... I'm sorry, that's Carolina. I'm sorry, I'm talking about Indianapolis with, with Matt Ryan. So this is a team that had more talent at the skill positions. Now you're going somewhere where there isn't as much skill skill. There isn't as much talent in these skills positions. I mean, what do you think? Uh, it's not an exciting hire. I, I think it's funny when you see head coach who didn't have success for get fired and then get another head coaching job. We saw it with Adam Gase. You're yeah. Like, you're like, what just happened? Normally, guys got to do a year or two as a coordinator or go back to being a quarterback or whatever, quarterback coach, and then they get their next opportunity. I, It's kind of a head-scratcher. I think they might have been better off with Steve Wilkes. Like, I thought from what the talent he had when he came over, took over as interim coach, I thought he deserved that. And I talked about it in, in the couple episodes ago. I thought he deserved to keep that position. I'm not sure what they're thinking. All I can think of is in the NFL, in vogue, is the offensive mind and guys who used to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Frank Reich technically checks both those boxes. Yeah, I, I just, if you're telling me that I, if you're telling me in Carolina you could have chosen Frank Reich or you could have gone after D'Amico Ryans, Jonathan Gannon, uh, Ejiro Evero, the defensive coordinator for Denver, uh, Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for Kansas City, Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo. Like, how are you not giving? How are you not looking at these guys? And you're bringing in somebody that continually, continually, continually decreased in production year by year in Indianapolis. With a team, with a team that was supposedly one quarterback away from winning every single year. Yeah, well, I got caught in that trap too. I, I thought the Colts might be better too. Speaking of the Colts, there is two teams who have not hired a coach yet. That leaves the Colts and the Cardinals. Now, all I can think of, and if you look at the Colts, they've had a million people in, including interviewing Jeff Saturday a couple times, which I thought that experiment was done, failed, and over. But I guess not. Irsay is just crazy. Now, let me ask you this before we get into that 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 topic right there. Can you sum up? I think I have two different one word answers that could sum up Jeff Saturday as a head coach. Can you give me a one word answer that uh, so, that that pretty much sums up Jeff Saturday's season as interim head coach? Overmatched. That's good. That's good because I was going to put 
expected. <laughs> like, <laughs> you expect him to come out there in his first week and win a game and kind of throw everybody off because, you know, he's coming in with some ideas, fresher ide- fresh ideas because he's watching it like we are. And then the, the and then then of course everybody else corrects. He's not a head coach. He's never been a head coach. And now every now he's he's going to lose the rest of the games he plays, which is exactly what happened. The other one word answer I had was armchair, because he is the armchair quarterback. He was. We talked about it before in the podcast when he first got hired. I said this is great. Now we have a, a sample size for all of us armchair quarterbacks well, who think I can do it better. But here's the thing: factually There's speaking, Jeff going. Saturday played a long, I understand, successful career in the NFL. He has had zero coaching experience and in the showed. college. That's and why I. Level. That's why I said overmatched. It yes. showed. No one on the staff he had had ever called a play in any level of sport. I mean, so the science experiment did not work. How are we, if they run it back, that will be, (laughs) if he decides to just run it back, that will be the greatest running joke next season. Who's the head coach? Who do you think? If you're going to throw things out there. Well, the couple names I, and I said, the the case I was going to make for why the Colts and Cards haven't hired a head coach yet is because factually speaking, there's one more game left this year. And two of the hottest head coaching candidates are playing in the Super Bowl. Now, you mentioned Kansas City Chiefs offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is getting attention too. Perhaps these guys are waiting to, to, to hire one of those well, There's guys. also Eagles defensive coordinator, uh, what, Jonathan Gannon, I think, was his name. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, I, I think... At least the Cardinals are definitely going to hire somebody offensive to try to mold Kyler Murray since they just broke the bank and gave him his bag. Mm. Um, the Colts, God knows what they're doing. Now, factually speaking, they have had two interviews with Eric Bieniemy, So I think maybe that's what they're waiting for. But who knows what Irsay is going to do. But the Cards, I think they got to bring in an offensive guy. And I think it makes sense for them to bring in one of the two guys I mentioned. You know, the, the thing about the, uh, the playoffs this year, once again, I, I, I fall back on with the head coaches. Is we we only in out of fourteen playoffs playoff teams, only four of them were defensive head coaches. Everybody else was an offensive head coach. Nine, and then one of course was a special teams head coach in John Harbaugh because he really he really was more of a special teams. He was, he was coach absolutely before yeah. he was made a head coach. But and I think that's something that's telling is is that is that offensive minded head coaches are kind of the way to go because you need to have that jump on everything with the offense because think about it if if you have an offensive-minded head coach and you have Vic Fangio as your defensive coordinator I mean you're a good you're in good shape yeah we, we've seen guys that have hired, hired like when the Rams won they had McVeigh as their head coach and Wade Phillips as their de- defensive coordinator they had guys that were respected you know um as far as the defense that being said the two teams playing on Sunday we'll get into that both have very good defenses. You know what? We've spent 25 minutes of Super Bowl episode not even talking about the Super Bowl. So we need yeah. to get to the Super Bowl. All right, Tim. Big Super Bowl. Huge. Big game. Big game. It's, Big game. It's it's the Chiefs at the Eagles, even though it's too neutral. It's yeah, neutral yeah. we got to love but, it. In Phoenix, Arizona. But real quick, in, in two minutes or less, Tim, how do we get here? Well, yeah, again, we can't talk about the big game without at least mentioning how we got here. Yes, championship weekend. At this point, two weeks ago is old news. Briefly touch on it because got to talk about how we got there. NFC Championship game, one word, garbage. It was horrible. Once Brock Purdy got hurt, and we realized just how hurt he was, they didn't even attempt to pass down three scores. Well, guess what? 
He had a UCL. He had torn his UCL. He is out six months. So the Cinderella story that was Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, ended. Once he was out of the game, that game was over. Yeah. It was brutal. It was horrible. Anything else about the NFC Championship you want to talk about? No, yeah, just Philadelphia just running the ball right down everybody's throat. Well, I mean, they of course they had 44 rush attempts to 25 pass attempts because Brock Purdy couldn't throw a pass. And Josh Johnson dropped back once, got trucked, and that was the end of his day. Yep. So that's enough for that, as they say. The AFC Championship game was much more entertaining. I would like to, well, let me preface it. The score was a good game. Both teams were good. I felt like the Bengals played better and were the better team, but they killed themselves with penalties. The Bengals had nine penalties, the Chiefs only four. And those penalties were huge, none bigger than uh, Joseph Asai's roughing the passer that set up the game-winning field goal. Yeah, you can't. I, You know what? I understand that a, a penalty out of bounds, a late hit penalty out of bounds, a late hit penalty out of bounds. But that can't be what decides the game. I just... But they couldn't really, ignore it. He had two feet out of bounds. It's not like really, he was in the air. Yeah, but he just he just dodged the guy in front of him. Yeah. On his way out of bounds. So, but this, he's Patrick Mahomes. But this brings, if you touch Pat... It's Michael Jordan rule. Yes, but this if brings up... If you touch up, Pat Mahomes, you're getting flagged. But this brings up the bigger issue, I feel like, when it comes to these late hits and out of bounds plays and stuff like that. Then a quarterback needs to let up and make his way out of bounds. He can't make a he can't make a 17-degree angle out of bounds. He's got to make a 45 to 90-degree angle to go out of bounds, to give himself up. If you're moving up the field, you should be able to get hit. I understand we're talking about the safety of quarterbacks and the safety of players in the NFL and stuff like that. But if you can, because we've seen it from Lamar, we've seen it from Patrick Mahomes, we've seen it from Justin Fields, we've seen it from a lot of quarterbacks. Okay, when you're it looks like you're going to give give up, and the linebacker lets, lets up, up, and then they and you can going. take off yeah. down the field. That's not it's, it's, right. It's not a two way street. It's a one way street, and that's not fair. You're it's absolutely not fair because we could just, do an entire podcast on how unfair it is to defensive players in the NFL. Mahomes just juked the first guy out you the one guy was on the ground he ran around him and then was then his momentum was carrying him out of bounds and that that linebacker was already on him yeah you a, can't... a quarterback in the pocket is one thing once you become a runner you should be fair game I, you, it's like saying it's like saying that somebody can do like the uh, instead of keeping two feet inbounds a quarterback could take two feet out of bounds real quick and the guy's coming, and he could just do like a Bugs Bunny, like, yep, and just move two full feet out of bounds yeah. and get hit and be like, well, it's a penalty, right? Because I was out of bounds. Because the guy's already initiated. He's going at that at that pace. You it, can't yeah. shut it off. This guy is an athlete going full speed. It's not a cartoon. You can't stop midair. It's unfortunate to see a game end that way. It yeah. really is. I felt like the Bengals were the better team. But the fact of the matter is the Chiefs got five sacks, and we knew what was the one thing we said about the Bengals all year. They tried to fix their offensive line. It did not work out. And it worked for it worked for a stretch of weeks, but eventually did. that offensive line gives in. Yeah, Chris Jones is a beast. Yeah. I mean, and we're gonna see it Sunday. But yeah, I, I had to at least to mention how we got here. All right. so, so let's get to it, Tim. Big main old event. Super Bowl. Main the event. Main event. Well, we don't have permission from Buffer to say yes. that, to the one phrase, but it is it's the big game. Super Bowl fifty seven. Kansas City is at Philly. Philly's a one-and-a-half-point favorite, total's 51, although it opened with Philly a two-and-a-half-point favorite and a total 49-and-a-half. Yeah, this line moved all over the place at first. What uh, uh, Casey was favored by one, one-and-a-half, and that line just went flipped completely on its flipped, side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is the 
and I, credit to Malcolm, one of the things he, uh, our executive producer Malcolm, one of the things he posted in our three-way chat was how it hasn't gone over since 2018. And the, there's a reason for that. People that don't watch football all year go to Super Bowl parties. People that don't bet all year bet on the Super Bowl. And what's the favorite thing that Joe Public likes to bet on? Over. Overs. Nobody likes to watch a game. So Nobody that doesn't watch football all season long wants to see a game then 16 to 10. No, nobody <laughs> roots for unders. But so when all these bets are coming in on the over, that number has to keep creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. That's a big number. 51's a big number for two, especially for these te- these two teams. I mentioned it in the previous segment. These two defenses are no joke. These now Kansas we all know about the Eagles' defense. The four guys with double-digit sacks, and you're not even talking about Dominican Sue and some of the other guys, you know, Robert Quinn and all that stuff. You're not talking about a very a very high-quality defensive backfield as well. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, yeah. Darius Slay. Just I mean, solid, the Eagles, solid defense. The, the Eagles' defense is, but you don't talk about the Chiefs' defense. Why? Because Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid is there. But the fact of the matter is, these are two very good defenses, and, and it's going to be a tough game. And for when I see the numbers 51, I'm like, wow, that's a big number. So it may be yet another year of under. And that's why, like you see, DraftKings, our friends at DraftKings, every week, every day this week has had that happy hour boost from 5 to 8 Central. They'll have a happy hour boost where it's like, and today's was either team to score 30 points. No thanks. Because I I don't know that they will. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are two very underrated defenses. And pardon me for saying, yeah, some of the matchup notes I want to talk about. Because... Initial thing when when it was first, it's one seed versus one seed. Initially, when this matchup came up, number one, I was like, "Eh, okay." There's not really a, a rooting interest. Like if it was the Bengals, you say, "Oh man, the Bengals have never won." Yeah. Hey, good for them. Or you know, if it was like the Niners, be like, "Good for Brock Purdy" or something like that. Or any number of storylines. Here, it's just best team in the AFC versus best team in the NFC. Okay, the Chiefs have won recently. The Eagles have won recently. There isn't really a rooting interest, you know. So my initial instinct was. The Eagles, from top to bottom, are the better team. The Chiefs have the best quarterback and the best head coach. So, do they, you know, do they cross each other off? Mm-hmm. What were your when this matchup was announced? Not announced, but when it was determined that this was a matchup, what were your initial thoughts? Don't. <laughs> that was my initial because, because I had I had I had Super Bowl bets on both Cincinnati and Philadelphia. So when Philadelphia came in, I was like, oh boy, let's go. Come on, Cincinnati. And when Cincinnati didn't come in, I went, uh-oh. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> now I basically am, it's like, like, what's your vested interest? Well, I'm not betting a side on this game because I already have a vested interest in Philly winning already. I, I do too. I, I might hedge a, a little bit with the Chiefs, but uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. My, was my, my first initial instinct was, the Eagles are better team top to bottom. The Chiefs have Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And as long as they have that, they're in the game. Yeah. And I think the other thing is is that when you're talking about this, is when everybody talks about, uh, you hear like, oh, Philadelphia had the easiest road to the Super Bowl ever. When they had the bye week and then they played against the Giants and then they played against a 49ers team who lost their who lost their third straight quarterback, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, what, 10 minutes into the game. I understand that. But at the same exact time, and when you're talking about their regular season schedule, was ridiculously easy when you're talking about Relatively strength speaking, of schedule. Yes. That being said, you know, the Eagles have boat raced almost everybody they played against all season long. This is a team that jumps out to early leads and puts people to bed by halftime. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. You're not going to do that to Kansas City. No. Because as long as they have Pat Mahomes on the field. And let's talk about that for a second. You called it a couple weeks ago. 
uh, leading up into the Chiefs-Jags game. Or, I'm sorry, after the Chiefs-Jags game when Pat Mahomes, quote, got hurt. And I'm putting that in parentheses. I know it's an audio forum. You called it. He didn't have a high ankle sprain. I watched that game. Did he maybe remember to limp a couple times? Yes, he did. He was just fine. He was fine. Yeah, it was an ankle sprain. He's just fine. And I hate that it's being played up as a high ankle sprain because the excuse is built in. If the Eagles win, oh, what would have happened if, if, if Pat Mahomes was healthy? If the Chiefs win, they're like, oh, look what look what he just did. He's the greatest of all time. He played on a gimpy ankle, blah, blah, blah. He, he was not that injured. It was a great Houdini act. He was just fine. Yeah, I see I see this this being I don't want either I don't want any part of, of the side or this or the, the total in this. Because I see this game 27-24. I see this game getting pushed on the over under, and I see this game like and who's gonna win 27 24? Uh, whoever has the ball last. Yeah, it's some matchup notes I came to uh Kansas City was the number one pass offense. The Eagles are the number one pass defense. So that's the old immovable force, you know, unstoppable. You know, um, Philadelphia, number one in sacks, their defense. The Chiefs are third in allowing sacks. So one of the best offensive lines, pass protection-wise, is what the Chiefs have assembled because they learned their mistake when they lost a couple of years ago to the Bucks when Mahomes was running for his life. They revamped that offensive line, so they have one of the best pass protecting lines. And, of course, we know the Eagles can get after them. Yeah, and, well, KC, second in the league in sacks, and then you've got Philadelphia, who is the best who is the best offensive line for running the football this season. I mean, I know Cleveland, we always say, is one of the top ones, too. But nobody has been run blocking better than, than Philadelphia from start to finish. Oh, yeah. And, of course, they have stars on that line, you know. Uh, names you know. And there's not a lot of people, in, casual fans in the NFL, yeah. that can name offensive line. If you ask somebody to name, like, the best offensive lineman, you might get the uh, you might get the Jason Kelsey and stuff like that. But then you might have some people be like, oh, it's... Uh, uh, Trent Williams, Joe Thomas. Or... You mean Joe Thomas has been retired for five years? Yeah, you know I get I mean? the like... You're talking to me about yeah, offensive exactly. linemen. I, I could do a podcast just on offensive line play. But exactly, yeah. Some other notes before we get into our favorite bets and some of the breakdowns. Uh, there was an, an activation for Kansas City. They activated Ceh Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I don't know that that it's going to be a huge factor because Pachenko is is really established himself as is their lead runner, if you will. Again, in parentheses because they don't run the ball a lot. Um, they placed Miko Hardman on reserve injured list, so he won't play. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a factor, but I think you're looking at Kelsey, looking at McKinnon out of the backfield, and probably MVS. A um, couple other notes. This is the first Super Bowl ever where brothers have faced off. Yeah. you got the Kelsey brothers, Travis mm-hmm. versus Jason. So, I mean, that should be fun. Um, the Chiefs, we know, it's their third appearance in the last four years. So, if you thought the LeBron versus Michael after LeBron brought the thing was obnoxious, just you wait if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. We're going to hear for the next three months, is Pat Mahomes the GOAT? Is he the greatest ever? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, shut the hell up. Yeah. Just let it breathe. It's like, oh, why like, do it's we have to do this? You're like, geez, there isn't an infomercial not Why available? do we have to talk about this? Tim, you want me to throw some notes out there, some stats out there for please, you, some please numbers? Do. Please Here do. I'm sure they're tired of me talking. Andy Reid is 16-5 and five versus teams, averaging over 4.5 yards a carry. While coaching in Kansas City, and Philadelphia flies way past that with four point five yards per carry. So, once again, favors favors KC. And Andy Reid is thirteen and three when playing against teams who, in the second half of the season, have over a seven fifty winning percentage. Thirteen and three. So when KC and, and Andy Reid are playing against the better teams with better records, they pull it. They win. 
and he's got two weeks to prepare. Yeah. And, Andy Reid with and, two weeks to prepare Andy is Reed pretty Andy Reid in deadly. a bye week, off a bye week, is always pretty darn good. All right. Andy Reid, did you know, second all time with 21 playoff wins now, obviously trailing only Bill Belichick. No, but that's pretty impressive as well. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, if you're if you're one of those people like anytime touchdown, give me Travis Kelsey for even money, go ahead and take it. Travis Kelsey has scored a touchdown in his last nine postseason games. Yeah, um, yeah, he actually killed my buzz. I was, that was one of my favorite props, and we're going to do that. We're, uh, we are a both sports podcast and a betting podcast, and we're going to hit you, and we are, we're going to hit you with our favorite props, our favorite dart throws, some MVP stuff, some mm-hmm. notes like that. Um, but before we break down that, we want to at least break down the game itself. Oh, yeah, here, here. Chris Jones had two sacks versus Cincinnati in his last 13 playoff appearances. Zero. It's a weird anomaly because he's one of the best defensive players yeah. in the league. I mean, he's actually a finalist for yeah. Defensive Player yeah. of the Year. Very, very underrated because, like I said, when people associate the Chiefs, they talk about Mahomes and they talk about Reed. They don't talk about Frank Clark and Chris Jones like they mm-hmm. should. Here's a here's a couple of other here's a couple of other good ones and then we'll get to the actual like some some best props and stuff like that that I have, I have down here. Um, the Eagles thirty nine rushing touchdowns is the most in NFL history in a season. Philly, their seventy eight sacks are only are third all time in a season behind. Well, of course the eighty five Bears, the eighty four Bears, and the eighty five Bears. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's like that's so that just shows Bears. you how. How good, how good, how historically dominant, how yes. historically dominant, and can get to the quarterback this this Philadelphia Eagles team can can be, and Andy Reid is now the second head coach to play his former Super Bowl head coach team in the Super Bowl. The person to do it before before this, Dan Reeves, when he was coaching for Atlanta against the Denver Broncos, and he lost. Yes, I. Uh, that's that's. There's so much fun stuff out there. When you're talking about a game that's been played for 100 years, there's going to be fun stuff like that. And that was gold, my friend yeah. Gold. Um, one mention before we get into some of our favorite bets and stuff like that. In Malcolm's Corner, our executive producer, Malcolm, gave us this one. And I'm going to give him credit. Uh, the winner of the last eight Super Bowl coin tosses has lost the game. I mean, it's just it's it's weird because a coin toss, even though tails never fails, is a 50-50 proposition. Yeah. So isn't it odd that the last eight teams that won the toss lost the game? You know what? The, what's interesting about that is because what happens? What in the last eight times when somebody wins the coin toss, what do they pick, Tim? They defer. They defer. So basically, that's what everybody whoever does starts now. with the ball wins. Isn't that crazy? In the last eight Super Bowls, whoever started with the ball wins. Which is funny because we just talked about in our initial breakdown of this game is whoever has the ball last will win. Well, if the person who has the ball first marches down and scores right away, that puts the other team in, in I don't want to say in, in, in scurry mode, but it puts you behind the eight ball to right out of the gate. But let's face it, most of the time in Super Bowls, especially lately, you have somebody scores, uh, no, nobody scores, and it's like a feeling out process. And there's always like, if you have the under of like 13 oh, or yeah. 10 in the first quarter, you might as well take it. If you can it bet, never comes. That's what I was saying. Like, and you can bet on everything in this yeah. game. We're going to get into some of the special bets. I've got a whole list, and I'm sure you do too. But if you can get result of first drive punt, I, I like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's usually what happens. They usually, it's the beginning of a boxing match. Jab, 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 jab. You know, it, it just good stuff like that. So. Let, let's let's get right into some of let's our favorite it. bets. I'll, I'll go with it. All right, so 
Let's talk about some of these uh, some of these prop bets, Tim. What do you what do you what do you like? All right, buddy. I broke it down uh, to have some fun for our fans out there. Mm-hmm. I broke it down to some of my favorite prop bets, some of my favorite dart throws, and some of my MVP bets. I'm going to start with some of my favorite props. I'll start with my first one. You already kind of stole it in the previous segment, but it's it's yeah. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown is minus one twenty five. That's as good as gold. I mean, you you talked about it. Factually speaking, he's scored at least one touchdown in eight of his last nine postseason games. But the fact of the matter is, dude's on fire. He's the most reliable uh, guy for Pat Mahomes. That's almost easy money. So, Kelsey, anytime touchdown, minus 125, scoop that shit. All right. You want me to bounce back? Please do. All right. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to stay on the same lines here with the anytime touchdown. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts at anytime touchdown plus 100. It's even money. I'm just going to go ahead and take it. Majority of the time he gets into the end zone. I mean, he had a crazy... Hasn't really been running a lot the last couple games. Yeah, but I mean, it, he he still he still gets his, his share of rushy touchdowns. And I think with the bye, bye week this week, chance for him to get a little healthier, I think I think he'll be perfectly That was cool. It's too late now, but DraftKings a couple nights ago had one of their... Uh, yeah, I took it. Uh, one of their uh, happy hour bets we didn't yeah. want to call it was Hertz or Sanders anytime touchdown plus one hundred. You're like boom. Yeah, exactly. I scooped it. it right away. Yeah. And that's again, I, I know we talk about it all the time, guys. In our state alone, in Illinois, but all over the country, that's I mean, there's so many states that have allowed sports betting. Hop on each one of these sites. They they know that the Super Bowl is one of the most bet games. They know that, and they're throwing stuff at you that's easy money or free bets or risk free or whatever. So. I'll get off my soapbox for a second. Uh, second of my favorite props, Kenneth Gainwell, anytime touchdown. It's plus 360. He is the Eagles' leading rusher in the postseason. He has 26 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell, plus 360, anytime touchdown. I love it. It's great odds. When you're right? talking about making three and a half times your bet, you're talking about a $20 bet. I'll net you That's about what I'm saying. Plus 360. It's, yeah. yeah. So. Put a, a half a unit on it or whatever, and, and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little, a little off the board here. I'm gonna say Devontae Smith under five and a half receptions. So I think that this game is going to really show how good Philadelphia is at running the ball. And I understand the KC can't stop the run, but sometimes when you sometimes you need to use what you're good at. And shove it down the other team's throat and see if they can stop it. It's a lot of times what you see with like Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay had that great rush defense. I always say great with quotation marks because I always said I didn't think it was that good. I just think, more more overrated. Yes, it was all it was overrated to me because teams thought it was so good that they just abandoned the yep. run altogether. But if you're good at running the ball, just run it down their throats Do and see anyway. if they can stop it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, third on my list again. These are not best bets. I've got a couple for best bets. These are some of my favorite props. Going back to an old friend, Travis Kelsey. Over six and a half receptions on Travis Kelsey. I will preface this saying that it's currently minus 185 on DraftKings. I I know that's a big number, but I'm telling you what. Divisional round, 17 targets, 14 receptions. Conference championships, 8 targets, 7 receptions. So over six and a half receptions, I know minus 185 is a big number, but if you're putting together one of those risk-free same-game parlays, or boosted same-game parlays like they're having on DraftKings this week, include Travis Kelsey over six-and-a-half receptions. Yeah. I mean, the, when you're talking about the 185, minus 185, it's one of those things that's perfect for a same-game parlay. Exactly. You know what I mean? You don't want to be betting that on its own because no. if it doesn't come in and you're betting $20 on it, you, you to, basically to win, like, to win what, yeah, 11, yeah, 12, 11 yeah. 25 You yeah. know what I mean? So, no, I totally get it. I love it. Let's keep rolling on here. Give me KC 
total points under 24 and a half minus 108. I think that this is, like I said, 27-24 game, and I think there's a pretty good chance that KC is the one with the 24. I just feel like Philadelphia's defense... But you said so many nice things about Kansas City in the open. But Philadelphia's defense is really good. And we're talking about on an unprecedented level, like we've only seen from the 84-85 Bears. That's how well they attacked the, they attacked the quarterback. And what was the one thing that they KC struggled when they lost the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay's defensive lineman and that defensive front and that defensive interior with Ndamukong Sue got to the quarterback often and early. And they, they got to him quickly. They were running through that offensive line and getting to the quarterback. And this is a team in Philadelphia I feel like can also do that. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I guess I'm And it's next. only minus 108, so. Yeah. No, that that's good. If you can get minus 108 in the betting world, that's good stuff right there. I'm going to go a little off the board, but it worked for me last year. I'm going to do it again. Kansas City's kicker, Harrison Bucker, over one and a half field goals made. Mm-hmm. It's minus 135, but again, we're talking the Super Bowl. Minus 135 is not bad. But over one and a half field goals made. Early on, Andy Reid will take points. The Eagles have a good defense. I, I think they're going to have no problem moving the ball, but punching in is a whole different thing than moving it down the field. Over one and a half, all he has to do is make two field goals. I like it. And once again, this brings up a good point to shop it around because I have that written down as one of my bets, and I have it at minus 115 through Bet Rivers. Oh, there you go. See, so, again, shop around. Yeah. Shop around for your bets, all right? So I'm going to go ahead and follow along with you, but I'm going to take the Eagles over one and a half field goals. At plus 104, give me some of that plus money. I'm just saying, they're more opt to go for it. They love that whole Jalen Hurts, fourth and one, the push behind. I understand that. But when you're talking about fourth and seven from the 25, you're kicking a field goal. When you're at fourth and three from the 42, yeah. When you're at fourth and one from the 42 going in, yeah, you're going to go for it. But if it's fourth and seven, fourth and ten, you know what I mean? A sack, Let, a penalty pushes you back. You're going to kick field goals. Both kickers are making two field goals. Am I, I think wrong? so. Am I wrong? I think so. That's another one right there. Plus 138. Field goals over three and a half for the game. Yeah, I'll combine it. Plus 138. Love it. Absolutely. I, I've got another good one, and I found this on DraftKings. I'm sure you can find it on the other ones. The game to be tied again after 0-0. Yes is minus one thirty five. <laughs> I, I know. I again. I, but you could bet on anything. I found it on uh, DraftKings. If you cycle by mm-hmm. Super Bowl specials, the game to be tied again after zero zero. You're telling me in a boxing match between two really good teams, it's not going to be tied again after zero zero. Mm, no, I, I I get it. I totally agree. Uh, Tim, Eagles total players with a rushing attempt over four and a half, plus one sixty. And I will take that because... Really? Yeah, because you've got... Three running backs and Jalen Hurts. Three running backs and Jalen Hurts. That's four. Yep, what did I miss? Hold on. I'm just saying, like, maybe a Quez Watkins, maybe a Devontae Smith, maybe an A.J. Brown. Maybe... They they find ways. I mean, look at the one time when they they ran that... uh, what with Doug Peterson when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, the Philly Special. The Philly Special. They handed the ball off to a tight end, you know, who then threw the touchdown. To All the right. I'm just saying, like, there is a chance. What were the odds on that? I missed it. Plus 160. That's actually. Not... I like the plus money. I'm always going to be going back to that plus money, dude. I hear you. I hear you. And I all just, I'm saying is, I like you what know I like. it's going to be four. You know already it's going to be yeah, four. Yeah, you're going to get Sanders, Gainwell, Scott, and Hurts. Yeah. So you don't mean to say somewhere along the line, somebody's not going to try to do some trickery? Oh, I, I've got, I got something like that coming up. All right. All right. So, again, you're doing sensible, reasonable stuff. I'm having fun with it because it's the Super Bowl, damn it. Don't ruin my fun. 
I've got a couple for my favorite dart throws. By dart throws, I mean if you're a hundred dollar better, a dart throw is a ten dollar bet, a five dollar bet. Just dart throws. One of the first ones I like: Philadelphia's defense or special teams anytime touchdown plus six hundred. I'm telling you, the way they rush the passer, that's either going to cause an early throw where maybe Mahomes throws a pick six. Um, at any or a given, sack fumble. A sack fumble, strip sack. Defense and special teams. That covers defense and special teams plus 600. Six to one on that. I, I like it. I think right. it's, talking about value, that's good value. That is good value. For, I don't really have dart throws, but I'm going to keep throwing out some of my plus my plus money here bets. All right? The... Uh, any any player to have a fifty five yard reception, or more, hmm. plus two fifty, and I think any they could do that. Any player, I I, I think MVS is going to do it. I think yeah. Not only does MVS, not only is MVS a speedster and can do it, but AJ Brown's been been doing it all season long. Quez Watkins is a speedster, and some of that if he catches one pass for fifty five. That's the second yards. time you've mentioned Quez Watkins on this podcast. Mm. <laughs> you <laughs> all right? I, I like where you're going with this. That's then, two more than I thought I'd then, hear his name. But then let's also not talk. Let's also not forget about the fact that when and Travis Kelsey catches the ball and there's not somebody trying to tackle him immediately, that dude make makes big plays. Wow. I love it. Calling your shot. I love it. Um, can I can I mention another favorite dart? You know what? Throw? You could go ahead. I'm going to back off here. I'm going to let you go on your go on a little run, uh, run here. All right. Uh, I I love and I'm going to talk about some of my favorite uh, guys for MVP award. Um, one of my favorite bets as far as an extreme dart throw long shot, Fletcher Cox. If he's able to get a couple sacks, he might get that whole voter lifetime achievement, whatever. It is two hundred to one. Plus 20,000, 200 to 1. Throw $1 on it on the off chance that Fletcher Cox gets himself a couple sacks and people are like, oh, a nice little going away gift for him. MVP trophy, here you go. 200 to 1. Throw a dollar on it. Throw $2 on it. Make Why yourself not? 400 bucks if it Why comes not? in. If I'm not, just it's saying. $2. I, honestly, how many times you go out to your car and notice there's four, uh, four quarters sitting in the cushions? Mm-hmm. Throw a dollar on it. It's 200 to 1. Fletcher Cox for MVP. Love it. Another, it's a DraftKings uh, Super Bowl special. We talked about it earlier. Any non-quarterback to have at least one passing touchdown is plus 2,200. So we're talking any number of those running backs, a Philly special, uh, a Travis Kelsey where he handed off, and then he throws that little mm-hmm. at the goal line, that two-yard pass or whatever. Yeah. So any non- little Derrick Henry jump pass. Exa- anything, <laughs> yeah. Any non- Talking about these two head coaches, any non-quarterback to have one plus, one passing touchdown, plus 2,200. 22 to 1. Another one of my favorite dart throws. Nice. I like it. I like I like it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I like it. But that's why it's a dart that's throw. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. a dollar, $2, yeah. whatever it is. I love those dart throws. Why not? I love the Fletcher Cox one. Because at that time, at least at least there's reasoning behind it. Because I feel like where we're headed at with these MVP things, I'm ready to beat you head on in all these. So go ahead, man. And that's where we're going to go to. Uh, one of the favorite things I like to bet on for the Super Bowl is sprinkle. Again, I'm not saying one unit. I'm saying sprinkle across the field. It's like playing roulette. You cover a few numbers, mm-hmm. you know. Again, not a big fan of roulette. Give me craps and blackjack any day. But sprinkle. Sprinkle. That's all I'm saying. So MVP awards, you want to go back and forth on this one, or you just want to hit some? No. I'm going to go ahead and let you go, and I'm going okay. to say why I like why I think. No, you're, you're going to crap on my <laughs> yeah, cornflakes. So let, 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 let me hold on. Let me say this. 
You can pick multiple eagles if you want. I totally support if you want to pick multiple eagles. Perfectly fine. I will say this. The I don't see any way. If the Chiefs win, it's not Pat Mahomes. Exactly. I, I don't see any way. If it's, if it's the Chiefs, it's Pat Mahomes. And I will say the only way it doesn't happen has to be like something along the lines of like Travis Kelsey has 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. And those two touchdowns was – and hold on, listen. And those two touchdowns was he caught the ball, he broke five tackles on his way 50 yards for a touchdown. Okay. We both – we're both fans. In of, which of, then – hold on. I'm still – I'm not – may I finish? Excuse me, can I finish? Do I need to open another beer for this? Yes. And even then, if Mahomes throws one more touchdown, just one, even like one of those little shuttle butts that's like literally like, take it, take it. You know what, a guy that's in motion in front of it that's basically a handoff and he just kind of does one of these little squirts the ball. One of these days, we're going to cover that on a podcast, but how is that not a forward lateral? Absolutely. That is a, that should be, that you have to make that a, a fumbleable offense. Or something like that. There's no way you could have it be like, what's the point of reversing it anymore? Have the guy just run in front of you and do one of these little... Yeah, they do the... the, Like, you know how they pitch in softball, the underhand? Yeah, yeah. How is that not a forward lateral? Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go off on a tangent. So all you need is for Mahomes to do that and the guy to take it. If they're in, like, the 15 or at the 20-yard line, he takes 20 yards for a touchdown, and Mahomes gets 20 more passing yards and a 20-yard passing touchdown, he's MVP over Kelsey. If Mahomes throws three touchdowns and one of them isn't to Kelsey... I think I think he'd still get get it. All right. With the especially with the fact of that high ankle sprain, I'm doing the quotation marks again. With that high ankle sprain, they're going to be like, "Oh, what a what a what a what a day! What a courageous, what a effort. courageous blah, effort!" Blah, yeah, blah, exactly. Blah, Did you not blah. see him hobbling for ten percent of the ten uh, percent of the plays? Like, oh, he's without a doubt the MVP right. in fifty six Super Bowls. The quarterback has been the MVP thirty four times. Yeah, you know, a running back hasn't won since. Uh, since uh, Terrell Davis in 1997. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. All right. Bef- I mean, let me eat as many as much of my cornflakes as I can go before ahead, you crap in them. Okay? You like horse racing, right? Yep. You love going to the track and betting oh, on yeah, horse racing? Track. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. I. I knew that. It was it was a rhetorical question. Yeah. You know what you don't do in a horse race? Yeah, you don't favorite. bet on the damn favorite. <laughs> yes. Okay? So I know you're going to crap in my cornflakes in a moment. So when it comes to betting on the MVP award, I like to take stuff. Talk about plus money. Plus, plus money. All right. Some of my favorite MVP awards to sprinkle. Again, we're not talking about blackjack where you're playing $100 a hand. Sprinkle. Hassan Reddick. First defensive player, plus 3500 35 to 1. Love it. Chris Jones, plus 4000 I understand what you're saying if the Chiefs win, it's Pat Mahomes. Okay. Miles Sanders is plus 2200 Again, I just said that stat. Nobody, no running back has won Super Bowl MVP since Terrell Davis in 97. If Miles Sanders goes off for 187 yards, he's winning that award if the Eagles win. Which, by the way, they vote for it with two minutes to go, and I'm going to strangle these guys. Travis Kelsey is plus 1200 I understand what you're saying. But if this guy gets... Julian Edelman won that one when it was like, what, 12 to 9 or whatever. The Patriots won that snooze yeah, yeah. against the Rams. Julian Edelman won it solely because he had 11 catches. If Kelsey has 11 catches for 87 yards and two touchdowns, he is the MVP. I understand what you're saying about Pat Mahomes. Blah, 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 blah. You want to bet on the favorite, you bet on the damn favorite. I'm going to have fun betting on long shots. Okay. Now, you tell me why I'm wrong. Wait, I'm sorry. One more. 
before you go off on your rant and crap in my cornflakes. DraftKings is an MVP special. The position of the MVP. You can bet on what position will win the MVP award. Obviously, quarterback is negative money. Defensive lineman. These two teams are great at getting to the quarterback. If you solely want to stay, instead of picking one, like I mentioned, Chris Jones and Hassan Reddick, if you just want to say the position of the MVP winner is defensive lineman is plus 2500. So that's like covering a third of a roulette board. Yeah, if you're going to cover if you're going to cover it, if you're going to put it down on somebody, um yeah, sure go ahead go for the plus 2500. I mean, it's 25 to 1. Yeah. I mean, but all right, crap one, my okay. I'm not, it's not that I'm cramping on your cornflakes. I'm just talking about what is the League of Extraordinary Quarterbacks. What is the NFL today? Copyright Rick Nadal. Exactly. Copyright, absolutely copyright put the QB. All right? So the, the the bottom line is is that they don't care about anybody else. Let, let me put for you. You keep looking at the clock. We're way over, yeah, buddy. They but, don't but that's care. Like, it's Super Bowl. They People don't care about anybody else. They want the quarterback to be it so badly. As I say, the only person I see, you would literally have to have two interceptions, one of them returned for a touchdown, to be a, to be a linebacker or a defensive back and get the MVP. You would literally have to have three sacks, and a strip fumble that was returned by somebody else for a touchdown. You're saying it can't happen? Ordered, I'm saying it's so unlikely to happen. I'm not saying. I'm saying somebody has to have the game of their life. I'm, so saying, that, I'm saying it, it's more fun to bet long shots. It is fun to bet long shots. But what I'm saying is is that when it comes to KC, uh, I I would say the the uh, it should even be minus money. <laughs> you shouldn't even – it shouldn't even be plus money. The only reason why it's plus money is to get people getting into some kind of action. But if you think KC is going to win this game, you you don't have to – you, you don't have to do the even money on the, uh, you know, you don't have to take the, the plus one and a half. You don't have to do the plus 100 or plus 105. Just take Mahomes to be the MVP, most likely. That's what's going to happen. I mean, I, it's not me when I'm wrong in that stuff. I say, the only thing oh, I would say is... Still me. Yeah. The only thing I would say is is that with the on the flip side, with what you were talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know Fletcher Cox and uh, Hassan Reddick and uh, Miles Sanders and stuff like that, uh, A.J. Brown, you know, stuff, you want to do something like that on that side? Dallas Goder, fine. Do that. not take a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm just all I'm saying is is that PSA, do not take a wide receiver. All I'm saying is is that Jalen Hurts is, is in my opinion is less likely to be MVP than, than Patrick Mahomes. Agreed. If the Eagles win, somebody else could easily be MVP. And that's the bill. In my opinion, there there is almost a 0% chance that somebody other than Patrick Mahomes is winning MVP for KC. They would literally have to have the game of their lives. You're, like I said before, Kelsey literally has to have two touchdowns, 150 yards receiving, and 11 catches. I, I think it's possible. Twelve to at twelve to one, I think that's the it. only it's... way Kelsey is getting it at twelve to one. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I applaud you for that. If he get if he has 130 yards receiving, <laughs> this if he has 130 <laughs> yards receiving and two touchdowns, Mahomes literally has to throw for 225 and two touchdowns for him to win it. I know. You know that's all. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, Tim. Enough of that. Enough of my rant. What do you got for best bets? Yeah, we always end our, our main episodes with our best bets. For the season, since, you know, this is more than likely one of our season wrap-ups. Uh, for the season, in the regular season, I went 27-27. and 27. In the playoffs, 6-3. and three. Last week, 1-2. and two. You, for the regular season, were 25-29. and 29. In the playoffs, 2-4. and four. Last week, you were 1-1. One and one. So, we, we're going to own our records. We say yeah. it, we put it out there, We oh, those are our records. Now, we talked about some of the stuff we like. Everything we mentioned before this moment are, are sprinkles, props, you know, whatever your unit is, uh, dra- you know, spend accordingly. These are my favorite 
of the game that's going on Sunday. Kenneth Gainwell. I already talked about how I thought anytime touchdown plus 360 was good money. Mm -hmm. Kenneth Gainwell. His rushing plus receiving yards is set to 35 and a half. Go get that. Yep, I love it. I saw that one. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell, rushing plus receiving yards, 35 and a half. Go over that. Go get that. Do that right now. All right. Mine is the first type of touchdown in this game will be a rushing touchdown at plus 160. Plus money, yeah. Yeah, plus 160. Whether it's a Mahomes run or if Philly scores, it's going to be a rushing touchdown. If they score first. I like it. I like it. Very uh very good. I'm going outside the box for my second one, but I love it. I, I this occur again, I, I this is courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. A successful two point conversion. Yes, plus two thirty five. With these two head coaches and the way the league loves to go for two point conversions, I love it. Plus two thirty five, give me that all day. Let me throw this out here because this was something that I I wanted to bring up and I totally forgot to do it, and I appreciate that you brought this up. Yay. Plus 235 for any either team to do it, right? To either team to a, get a, a two-point conversion. A successful two-point conversion. Let Just... me bounce this off of you. On another site, I believe it's Bet Rivers, it was plus 425 for either team. So... Would have been a lot cooler if it was 420. If, if it's 425, if it's plus 425 for both teams, why don't you put a unit on both of them? Because whoever does it, you're going to win plus 325. Because you're only going to lose that one unit. Yeah. So it would be plus 325 on the same exact bet. I saw that bet and I saw plus 235. I wrote it down and then I scratched it out because I saw the plus 425 for either for for one for each team. And I was like, if all you need is one, yep. it doesn't make a difference whichever one it is. And you're going to win more money than the plus 235. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. I just try yeah, to tout our friends at DraftKings. Yeah, okay. You got um, a second one? I, I do. I do. I have three. All right. We're going to go right back to the well here. First, I said first TD would be a rushing touchdown. Well, total rushing touchdowns over two and a half at plus 130. I think this is going to be a game that's going to have a lot more rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. And if the Eagles play their type of football, you know, smash smash football with the defense getting at the quarterback um, and, and that defense playing like they should, and Philadelphia plays Philadelphia-style ball, you're talking about multiple rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I... I, I listen on a regular basis. I look, listen back to our old podcasts, and when it gets to best bets, guess what the one consistent of a best bets is? Rushing touchdowns. <laughs> no, when we both agree on. Oh the same. no! Now we're now we're. I, I pointed to now again. We're, now we're screwed. I, I, I pointed to it. I, we do not talk ahead of time. We do not plan any of this. We think some of the best of this podcast is the fact that it's unscripted, mm-hmm. unrehearsed. We just throw it out there and get genuine reaction. What is written there in ink under my third of best bets? Total rushing touchdowns. Total rushing touchdowns over, over two, two and, and a half. half. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, but I think that's criminally low. I, I understand the Chiefs don't like to run the ball. But if you get to the one-yard line, Pacheco will get in. The Eagles alone might do this. Yeah. You know, so I, over two and a half rushing touchdowns is my third best bet. I love it. We're going to buck the trend, buddy. All year when we agree, it, it, sucks. it was a loss. Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. Book it. Not, this, Not time. this time. All right. Here's one that I absolutely think is insane. I think this is free money. Any punt to result in a touchback. Any punt to re- result in a touchback. Plus 140. Give me that plus money. All right. There is nothing that says, okay, I understand. Oh, you, they're at the what 42. What site did you get that one on? I think that was DraftKings. 
I gotta I gotta figure it out. But I did I did see it. I got it. I just circle. want our friends out I've there to go already, get some free money. I've already bet it. Well, obviously, I've, you know. Like, but for the fact of the matter is, is that when you're talking about this, there's a penalty. You know, let's there's a penalty or something like that, or a sack or something like that, and they're pushed back to let's say that you know, like usually fourth and one or fourth and three from the forty two going in, they're gonna go for it, right? Well, if there's a if you're right there, four third and third and one, third and three or something like that, and it's a seven eight yard sack, and now it puts you almost to midfield, and you go back there, that that ball's going into the end zone. Yep. Fifty percent of the time, when you kick the ball from in between the forties, the ball goes in the end zone. So why would you not take this bet? What is that? I'm not. I'm not letting. I every time you say fifty percent, I think of that line from Anchorman where he's yeah, like, "Sex Panther Cologne." Fifty percent of the time it works, works every all time. The time. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm giggling like a schoolboy. You're trying to make a good point. You're trying to make at money for our friends point, out there. Some, and I'm giggling. At some point, you're not fair catching the ball inside the ten. You're gonna let it bounce and see what happens. And you're gonna hope that it goes into the end zone. And when it does go into the end zone, I'm gonna go. I made me some money. Money. <laughs> so. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on? No, we, we're way over, but but it's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl episode. So, um, yeah, I just, Curtis, have fun, guys. Enjoy Super Bowl party. Watch the game. Hopefully you listen to some of our bets and make some money. We appreciate you listening all season. You're going to have plenty of content from us. Don't you worry. I'm sure this isn't the last you're going to hear from us. We're obviously going to get back into this somewhere along the line. Talk about the Super Bowl. Talk about what's going on in the postseason at the beginning of it. Stuff like that. I know I, me and Tim, we love the the March Madness. We love the NCAA tournament. I'm going to try to talk to Tim about doing a, a couple of special ones where we get in there. Maybe talk about the... Maybe talk about when the brackets are released or something. Maybe we'll get together a couple days after that and throw some uh, throw some of our favorite bets out there. Some of our what we like. Maybe for the even throw it on the YouTube channel. Maybe maybe by that time we'll actually be full go for videos for a video pod. All right, but thanks a lot for listening. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy it with all your friends, your family. However you watch it, even if you watch it by yourself, I hope you have a great time. I hope your bets hit and everything. Thanks for listening. See you guys next time.